Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. This is episode eight. Uh, it should be nine, but I went away and they just couldn't be bothered doing one. Uh, it's probably something to do with the football. I don't know. Hello. Uh, welcome. My name is uh, Ryan Freebury. Freebs, the tree, all those other bits and bobs and uh, nonda plumes. Talking of nonda plumes. Hey, I'm just going straight into it. Steve Corey's here. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Good to be back. Yeah, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that. Uh, the Premier League, yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Holly Royals here. Hello, Holly. Hi, mate. How's it going? Oh, well, wonderful, mate. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll try and uh, cry into some of that overly expensive beer tomorrow night and get over it. And all the way from the US of A, as I always say, home of alien conspiracies and a brand new word from Philadelphia, I think it is. It's Dan White. Hi, Dan. Hello. Um, you said non-de-plumes before yeah, you introduced that's right, Steve. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It just sounded like French for like no plums. I didn't know if you were... <laughs> Steve, have you uh, a bit personal? <laughs> I think your plums are well. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> Near comment. It's very Billy Davis all of a sudden. Uh, so, yeah, for those of you who've been living under a rock or uh, on one of the moons of Saturn, uh, Forrest is shite. Um, that's, that's how we're going to start this one. It's not going to be any great talk about deep defensive situations or who's pressing on what and God knows what. We are currently pretty shit. Um, now, when it comes to things being like this, and I think this is now my uh, I think third season doing the pod, and I know Steve's done loads of different things before, and all these other guys done stuff as well. Um, I normally lean on one or two things. What, not normally alcohol, not normally any advices like that, but I normally lean on either Steve Curry or Dan White. Holly, you're a warrior like me, mate, so I'm putting you in that bracket as well. So I thought I'd get two of them together here to help me. Uh, the Red Wallers are now going to be called these two. But I saw Steve recently faltering a bit with it too. So Steve, you, you haven't had to put up with some of the, the podcasts we've done recently. I saw your recent Facebook thing with it. How are you feeling as a Forest fan right now and why? Pretty much the same as yourself. I'm just lost. It's shite. And it's it's not, there's sort of no solution to it. There's no sort of, um, you know, green shoots of recovery or anything, any positive. <clears throat> it's just collectively crap um, from top to bottom, front to back, you know, from everywhere, from inside the club out. So can't quite put my finger on it but uh yeah that's that's my take on it we've been here before though mate remember when i was quoting you as wonder hewton going like i just don't know what we did yeah. <laughs> i'm not trying to be a doom merchant but we did used to create a few chances and have some shots under hewton didn't we yeah yeah believe it or not i mean that's that's what's baffling me it's just so truncated and it's like i just can't see how it's gone so badly wrong i mean the obvious thing is just the influx of players you know, that's without them. I think if you'd have played maybe five of the squad from last season and then added maybe, I don't know, 10 or whatever, we'd be further up the table, no doubt. We'd be playing better. But, gosh, it's woeful, isn't it? it really yeah, is. I, I, I feel like I'm almost held you down to last you with one more question while you're there, Steve. I'm getting my money's worth while you're here. I mean, we've we spoke about it for those who don't know. You play quite a good level, youth, and coming through that as well. So you'd know yourself. But it's... 
there has been games, surely, where you got on a pitch or whatever, and you just you can just link up, it can just work. But they, I don't think it is it tactical. How much of it is psychological? How much is it? You know, it's not like the fans have completely given up on them. It's not like I mean, it is a step. But I know you said on the Facebook thing about it, it's looking like a non-league FA Cup versus it just is. We are spending ninety minutes waiting for Forest to concede in lots of ways. Mm, yeah, I'm really glad you asked me that actually because I was I was just trying to put one kind of I don't know sort of hypotheses on it and. The thing that I did notice, and I always allude to this, is body language. And the players do not look like they're in sync with each other. You know, there's no sort of harmony with each other. There's no, like, looking at each other, let's roll the sleeves up, let's get on. My thing when he's played was, if, if it wasn't coming off, if I was playing crap, which was quite often, which is why I never made it. But the thing he can do is plan B. He said, right, well, what can I do? I can run my balls off. I can stop my opponent playing. So you say, well, I'm having a stinker. I'm going to ensure you, I'm going to negate you. And that's what you do. But I'm not seeing that either. And I'm seeing, it's, it's all, I don't know, so, it's, it's really weird. It's sort of like a, a fraction sort of, sort of, I don't know what the word is. No, but I'm glad, I'm glad that you don't know because I've just been on the radio with Lisa who's sunning it up somewhere and drinking daiquiris. And they asked me the same thing. All right, Freebs, and so what do you think it should be? Dan, I mean, I, I was doing a similar thing. I was just going, uh, you know, it's not like we're hitting the bar, scoring three, but letting in six. And you get, well, it's defence. Or it's this or that. Let's just keep this purely on the pitch at the minute and not anyone's Photoshop skills. But Dan, I mean, what, again, at the minute, if we all do this, it's going to sound like the shittiest thing ever. But where at the minute for you on the pitch, without mentioning typewriters and monkeys, do you think Boris could sort something out here right now as it stands? Uh Specifics again. I think if I if anyone knew, they'll you know they'll be doing something. But let let me try and give some reasons to be. I won't say cheerful, hopeful. Sit back, everyone. The, the therapy people. <laughs> Here we go. Come on. So I, I, again, I, I use a comparison to the Hewton stuff purely because we were mentioning it. I think when we were struggling under Hewton, there was no well. Hewton did well the year before, so maybe this is just you know for other reasons, buying players, whatever else. We've got in Steve Cooper, a manager who I think everyone still believes is a very good manager. The other point as well is he's actually tried to do some different things. So it's not like, we're, and that you could see that as a positive or a negative, I guess. If we'd have sat here and done the same things 10 games over and kept getting the same results, then that's one thing. But at least he seems to be recognising that something has to change. My concern is, he doesn't know either because there are so many variables at the moment. You look at, we're playing nine, well, 17 teams we didn't play last year. We're going to different grounds. We've got 23 new players. There are, We're playing with VAR. There's nowhere to hide. You can't kick someone off the ball and hope you get away with it. As soon as you get a yellow card, you're suddenly up against the best players in the world in the defence. So you've got all this stuff that's changed. I think uh, Cooper's been the first to admit that he's learning it as well. But... I think he's the right person to learn and the right person to change it. But there are just so many variables that he's changed formation. He's changed some players. He's tried to keep some stability and, and to a degree he can't win. You know, he, he changes three or four players and goes to a back four. And then everyone says, well, you've changed the wrong players and you should have stuck with a back five. He is trying to learn, I think. And my only, I think all of this comes together to say, I think we are in the process of rebuilding something. We happen to be in a different league, but we are in the process of rebuilding something. There is no forgiveness in the Premier League whatsoever. And it might be like this for a bit longer, but 
I absolutely think it's the right thing to stick with it and eventually we'll find a way of playing better. Uh, and it's just a matter of how long we can stick with it and how long people can stay on board with it, I think. Yeah, because we, we really we really do feel a lot like we're in a different league a lot of the time here, don't we? I keep asking, I'll, I'll always hear your words, uh, Steve, the thing about the how it looks, especially after the cup run last year where it looked like, hey, oh, plucky championship side. It's now looking completely like, what the hell? It's like we've won a raffle. I hate to say it, but Holly, did we go up by mistake? You know what, Freebs, that keeps ringing around my ears. I'm so sorry, mate. I just felt it when we went up, but I kept saying it to myself. Yeah, but there's an element. I mean, I know we've discussed it before, but just the manner in which we went up, um, you know, with the the um, the own goal and everything. Um, and now here we are, you know, it's ruthless. It's soul-destroying. It's humiliating at times. And um, I don't know, I, I'm finding it really difficult to summon up any kind of enthusiasm at the moment, especially for that performance at the weekend. You know, I mean, look at... Um, you look at Wolves and they they reminded me a lot of a sort of upper championship side in that mm. they were menacing going forward, but they had no end product. But we were nothing going forward. Well, we had nothing going forward and we had no end product. So it's kind of, where are we? You know, it's just it's just looking one way at the moment, isn't it, unfortunately? Um, but I, well, Holly, I wonder how much this is a look thing. So I was watching, I was being forced, well, I was looking after the Clementine more, but Natalie had um, Villa and Chelsea on uh, on Sunday. Um, when I was looking after the little one. And I was watching, Villa had a good spell where especially Matty Cash was chucking in a load of crosses. And you, you've got to say they're in the right area, but they just kept getting headed out and whatever. And they weren't quite hitting the spot where it was. And I kept thinking, they're getting the ball in their loads, but because no one's scoring or there's no shot coming, you could see this as bad crosses. So a lot of it is to do with time, place, opposition. It can't, this isn't just because Forrest has been unlucky because we've seen it go up to, we were discussing on the group, weren't we? we were Dennis against Villa, I think it was. Scores that goal, which on the uh, the analysis on the TV, they thought was a shit cross from Gibbs White. They thought he'd put it too far behind everyone. That's why Villa stepped up and then he gets the head in. Um, and then Dennis, second half, looked like he'd never played football in his bloody life. It was just, what the, we were all messaging. I think we were in the group going like, I think Dennis has got to be up front with Gibbs White. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Yeah, because that's what we all feel like we're doing at the minute. Is, is that how it is, Steve? That if we see one or two pass to each other well, we're going, fuck it, that's it. That's it. We've got two of them. Let's get a team together. Yeah, that's that's kind of how desperate it is at the moment. And I'm glad you mentioned Gibbs White because I think he's just trying too hard because people aren't up to his level. I thought uh, until a couple of games ago, he was sort of, for me, in my opinion, the best player of the uh, you know of the season so far. But a lot of the things he's doing, not people aren't reading it because they just don't seem to be on his wavelength. And now it looks like he's just trying too hard. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's one of them. I'm just, I just, I flash back to last season. I see Boreham Wood in the FA Cup get to like round five, and <laughs> that's that's what I'm watching. I'm watching Boreham Wood every week at the minute. Um, Boreham Forest, is it like a? Uh, <laughs> I think the thing is, again, we've all between us collectively seen enough football to know that. That Premier League gap is bigger than last time we were there by a long, long way, isn't it? You know, it's it's a huge gap how it is with what. And I was, I've done silly things like trying to compare it to football games back in the nineties. If you played striker, for any of you who remember the Super Nintendo, Qatar weren't as good as Germany for two reasons: the ball didn't stick to the feet as well, and they were slower. That's the way they differentiated in the nineties how good a football team was on a game. You made them slower, and they didn't have as good control. Now I'm looking at the, the things that are getting me. Heading this one to you, Dan, and the, the things I've seen after what are we ten games in is this. The pace, especially against Villa. I don't think Villa and Wolves are great sides at all from what I saw, right? The pace of the close and the pressing down on us and the speed of the, the, the you know, the counterattacks and whatnot, we seem to be off. 
the control of the ball seems to be generally off. Now, is that because, you know, the little knockoffs around the corners and God knows what? I mean, we could do this throughout the whole team and it'd be a really shitty podcast for that. But is it as simple that we've probably bought shit players, Dan? Or are you standing by the fact that that squad is still where it should roughly be? Um, so I think it's at the bottom end of an area where it should be for sure. But again, without going over all the stuff I've said previously, it's one of the worst squads in the league. Now that's, I'm not blaming the recruitment team on that or anything else. We've bought better players than we had at the time. We've had to buy players, but on, on paper, it is one of the bottom between three and five teams in the league. So we've got to perform to the best we can perform as individuals and as a team. And we've never played as a team. I think the thing I struggle with a bit is the comparisons to, to last year when people say, oh, well, you know, pick a name it doesn't really matter Worrell's not playing as well as he played last year well it's not an individual sport and you're not playing against it's not like darts right it's not you're not throwing the darts at the wall you're playing a different team and you're on a different team on any given day Worrell and again I'm just picking him as an example he could be on the field now with 19 players that he's never been on a pitch with both on his team and on the opposition team Mm. and there was a lot there was a lot of talk before the season started of you know, this is going to be a step up. We're going to have all these new players. It's going to take time to gel. We've got to be patient. I still think 10 games in, we've got to be more patient. And if the answer is we're not good enough, that's the answer. But I'm still, I still don't feel that if someone else came in, they could suddenly turn this team around to finish 12th or be on form to finish 12th, 13th, 14th. This is always going to be a struggle. And I think we felt fell foul of the uh, the famous expectation word again around what would really be possible. And part of that came came from, you know, bringing star players in and suddenly going, oh, well, we've got Lingard, we'd be West Ham to him. So surely we must be two, that must take us two places further up the table. It doesn't work like that. Um, and I'd, I would have taken 17th before the season and I'll just happily take 17th now. So from that point of view, nothing's changed. I just hope we've got more of the misery out of the way early and we get a run together where we maybe win three out of six or something over a period of time that pushes us, you know, into going into the last day of the season, being 17th, being 18th, whatever it is, um, I think we just need to stick with the idea that we've got to be competitive for the rest of the year and stay in it. Yeah, I think we'll come to the Dan's opinion of Jesse Lingard later on. <laughs> we do it now if you want that. No, it's coming. So listen, Holly, I'm going to do something a bit different. So th- these podcasts, for those of you who ever look close enough or whatever you're listening to it on, it's, uh, Spotify, whatever, you might see the logos we put together. And now they normally have some random kind of word in the middle of it, uh, what we've made up on the time. Or there was one where we did anagrams, remember, and we did an anagram of Forest, whatever it was. Um, but we also in the corner put what the game was. So we put like Wolves away for this one. I don't really want to talk about Wolves away uh, for a couple of reasons is I don't think any of us know, because I was going to ask you Hull, I was going to say, so if Brennan puts that one away, I don't think any of us know. And, and, and I don't, I feel bad for Steve bringing him back into the pod for this kind of how it is. I feel bad for some of you listening, but equally like we did, you know, the other week when we did that one where it was like all jolly and all negative. I think it's just a realism is a good way of going. You're still going to Brighton tomorrow. You're still coming down here, Holly. Uh, you wouldn't, I know part of that is because you have the plague called Nottingham Forest in your blood, and that's what will always be there for all of us, right? But you're still going. You're still going to enjoy the crack with your mates. You're still coming down to the coast. So, you know, there's never been a thought in your head that you wouldn't, was there? No, of course not. And me and my mate were just texting today saying about how much we're actually really looking forward to tomorrow for, you know, a day out, a classic kind of, you know, meet up, have a few pints, a few laughs, that kind of thing. And, Football is secondary, you know. It's sad. It's a really sad state of affairs. But 
you know, I'm still going to be there and I'm still going to enjoy my day. And yeah, we, we plod on. I mean, in a way, and I have started saying this and I've said it on my socials a little bit about, you know, I'm kind of looking for, well, I'm preparing myself for the championship again. Is that a bad thing? Maybe no. it's not. Um, it, it's, say, it, it's soul destroying watching this there's no enjoyment I can't get any joy out of watching Forest at the moment it's just humiliating it's uh, the banter at the weekend with the whole social media stuff obviously we might come on to that later I won't oh, go into will. too much about it now but when you are a team at the bottom of the league like cannot buy a win and you're putting that in your social media I mean we just don't help ourselves really we, and it just everything at the moment is just a little bit pants isn't it there's nothing and if I can just find a little bit of joy in meeting up my friends, having a few beers and having a laugh, then, you know, so be it. Because that's what I love football for. And I'll still always have that. Um, you can do that in Camden Hall and save yourself a fair. I think I think the point, we're going to try and do something a little bit off the cuff here, because I think uh, we've all got it in us in our own way. I, and I wouldn't have any people on the pod who I didn't consider to be of either a good opinion on it or they can sort of throw something in with this. And, and I'm going to do this one. I'm going to try and find my little ray of light and where it is. Not a full-blown happy clapper, here we go kind of thing, but as in the way I look at it. Um, some people saying about how it was last season, whatnot. I say, well, if you got into Forest last season, well, great timing. You know, it's almost like start taking over the pod. We picked it pretty well last season in terms of doing it. We will never lose what happened at Wembley. We'll never lose all that stuff that we had in terms of that moment and us all being together. That's that's locked in. That's locked in like Steve Chettle getting one at Bayern Munich. Way, you know, straight away. Look at Steve's face. You know, he's there. He's taking him back. You know, to me dad here in zigzagger, zigzagger, Joe Baker, all this kind of stuff. You know, that's that's always going to be in us. We're a bit of a tragic comedy team. We always have been in our own way. We've climbed and flown with the eagles, but right now we are underneath the earthworms, licking their dicks. And there's, I, I think that's going to have to be a quote. Um, my biggest concern is that we don't beat Derby's eleven points because we'll never hear the fucking end of it. But right now they look like Galacticos for getting to eleven, in my opinion. But also. I know it doesn't take a lot. It's going to take that one win, that little bit of a, you know, we've all seen false storms. We've all seen many, many defeats, but, and it is shit. I mean, I actually, I'll be hand up. We were playing Wolves. When that VAR decision come in, I was like, if they bloody give that, I'm switching this off. Because I was angry. I missed Preston North End. I missed Sheffield United. I missed things that I knew. I felt lost in a world I didn't understand. And when they give it, I switched the bloody thing off. And I felt like a mardi ass doing it because we weren't winning. But it wasn't. It's just because I was partly pissed off with it. I was also had no sleep from a flight from fucking Mauritius. So sorry, anyone heart bleeding for me with that one. But I was just sick of the Premier League at that point. I was went, just fuck off Premier League. Leave me alone. I don't want to hear from you. I want, I want a, a shitty League Cup run. And I want to go to bloody Rotherham and lose to Barnsley. I don't give a shit. Give me it back. Over to Steve Corey. Give me some sunshine, Steve. Give me the best you can. Um... I can't. <laughs> no! Not you! No. Not you! If you've gone, we're all fucked. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. There's the one way, like, we've all, well, not all done it, but a lot of people have resigned to relegation already, like Holly just said. Mm. Um, and as Dan was saying, if, you know, if you say, well, well okay, in, in a way, they kind of, if you're rooting for Cooper to take us back down, then the pressure's off. You say, well, okay, well, let's just see what he can conjure up for the rest of the season. That's one way of going about it. And that's a better mindset. You probably enjoy watching the games more. Because you think, well, you kind of think you're doomed. And then, you know, he may well turn it round. The other solution, which I'm just playing devil's advocate, is if, and this is not my personal projection, but just, just something wrong about with me. Nigel Atkins, um, Southampton, a few years back, he took him up two promotions straight to the Premier League and it's similar to Hewton, uh, to Cooper, sorry. 
you know, came in in a whirlwind, absolutely brilliant. But when he got to the Premier League, he just fell short. They changed manager, and I don't think they've been out of the Premier League since. So there will be people that will argue for that. So, you know, that's one way of looking at it. But I would say, you know, I'd never call for anyone's head or whatever, especially someone like Cooper. But they're two scenarios. But look, if you're on the side of saying pretty much what Dan did, you know, sorry, I'm going to let this guy just sort it out. And even if he has to take us down or whatever, then for a positive, I just think going to the game, you think, well, pressure's off. Let's just, let's just enjoy it. Like Holly says as well, Premier League, I meet my mates, it's a day out and then see what happens. So that's, that's, a, that's as positive as I can give you, mate. Steve, don't, not enough people listen to uh, be a concern, but I, I get a vibe from it at the minute. I'm not calling you out on this, but have you lost a bit of confidence with Cooper on it? Do you think that even with the contract thing coming in, that you is it more that you think no, like you said, no one could do it with him players, or do you think it's too much of a big job for someone who is really still quite inexperienced in this league? The same, and I'm I'm really not, you know, we'll always be thankful for what he did. How do you currently feel on the manager? Not calling for his head. No, I'm, I'm glad you've asked it because um, there are some worrying signs that, that I've seen from him. So obviously the Johnson situation, he's bang out of form. He's continually playing him. He will not take him off. Um, he's not He's not willing to address <clears throat> the elephant in the room. That's one thing. Some of the bizarre substitutions he's been making or whatever, this is like so out of character for a guy who just nailed everything last season. So he's putting some doubts in my head. Yeah. Certainly not saying, you know, I wasn't gone, but he's, he's putting some doubts in my head. And there's, a quote here, I'm, oh, I can't remember how many times I've, I've, I've regurgitated it. But when uh, Kevin Keegan was manager of England, he said to Kieran Dyer, when he finally got in the squad, in the team, he said to him, don't give me an excuse to drop you. Mm. Now, uh, if you play that in a, in a kind of different sort of arena, Cooper to Maranakis, you know, Maranakis should be saying, don't give me an excuse to give you the P45. Mm. Now, some of the decisions he's been making, I'm like, oh, come on, you know, just you're better than this, and he is better than this. But yeah, that's I've I've got doubts. He's, he's letting doubts creep into my mind for sure. And we all want him to succeed. I mean, you know, it's it's like I said about Southgate when people got on the back of that. He had Southgate still, even after that Nations League, has got credit in the bank. A World Cup semi final, final of the Euros. He's going to take that team to the World Cup, whatever happens, whether it's his last tournament or not. Cooper's got more credit than any bugger. How many bloody managers we had and God knows what. And we all like him and we all think he's a likeable bloke. And if it wasn't for his seasons at Swansea, you could use more of an argument of going, well, he had a fluke season once, but he clearly knows how to manage a football club to do well. It's just, this is, this is a big one. Um, so likewise, Dan, we've mentioned Brennan a little bit. We mentioned some other bits with that. And we mentioned, again, just to add this before I try and turn this into some form of question, TalkSport contacted us or contacted me through it and said, would you come on and talk about Steve Cooper? I think it's after we just got hammered by Leicester. I think they wanted a soundbite of a fan going, he should go. I'm still behind him. Now I missed it and couldn't do it because it's going away. And then they messaged me like two days later and gone, he's just got a new contract. Do you want to come and talk about Cooper? And I could tell the shock in their voice because the media in England was ready to go, well, he's fucked, especially after losing to them. So where do you stand on the contract, Dan? Is, a, is it worth the paper it's written on? Do you think there's anything behind why that is or what it is? We're going to come off a little bit off the field here. How much do you feel for our Cooper situation? Turn that into a question, as you will. Steve Cooper, the contract, confidence in, discuss. Um, so let me go with the confidence in bit first, because that's probably a bit easy to answer. So I... I, I 
completely understand what Steve's saying about the you know the situation and and things not looking or decisions not looking as clear cut as they were last year. And I think first of all that that's always going to be the case to a degree when you're losing because when you win, no one questions what you've done because it was the right thing. When you lose, everyone's got an opinion as to what you should have done. So say for him, Monday morning quarterbacking, and there can be a million, you know, a million different variables going on with that. The thing I think for me, just overall about keeping him and giving him a contract and having some trust in him is put, you know, football aside, the guy just seems like one of the good guys. And there's not many of them in football, and you don't get them coming around to your club that often where they're not motivated by just their own career or just, you know, other things. He genuinely, unless he just talks a very good game and he's got very lucky over three years, he genuinely is putting everything he has into the success of the club and trusting that if the club is successful, that will look good on him rather than putting himself first or any other agenda or anything else. So first of all, I just think he's one of the good guys. So my worry is if we get rid of him, of course, like every manager has his time and someone else has to come in and change things and and that point will come whether it's sooner or later. But my worry is in changing him, if you then go and get, and I'm just pulling a name out of the air, someone to save our season, Sam Allardyce, whoever it may be, for me, that's the last bit of the soul of the club gone, right? We've got a few players left, Morrill, Yates, um, Johnson. The moment Cooper goes, I don't care whether the next games we start winning and we stay in the Premier League. My thought, well, I do care, but my thought then becomes, so what are we now? We've survived in the Premier League and we start next year after we finish 17th. I'm not saying I prefer to finish 18th with Cooper than 17th with someone else, but it's not all rosy at that point. I'd much prefer to be in the Premier League with Steve Cooper than be out of the Premier League with Steve Cooper or be in the Premier League with someone else. And I just don't know that we'll enjoy going to the city ground or going to the away days with a random manager who's there for a big paycheck, with 11 players who are there for a big paycheck. And maybe that's my dislike of the Premier League more than it is my dislike of Forrest being in the Premier League. So maybe there's a fan adjustment period as well, not just around the results, but because the results are bad, this is the Premier League. You're on the TV all the time, the sound bites all the time, they're picking up on everything everyone says all the time. You're being linked with these names that you know are just there because the money's big. I think it's the whole thing that comes along with it. So I can completely understand 10 games in on five points, why the mood is just so low, because there is nothing to kind of like pull you back from it. You can't, in the championship, Forest lose a few games, you can go away on holiday and forget about it. You go away on holiday, switch the TV on, and there's an interview of bloody Steve Cooper explaining a social media post when you're in a different country. You know, it's, there's no escaping it at this point. So for me, I still, as I say, still think it's the right thing to do. Glad he got a new contract for him personally in his situation. I think it gives him more power and um, hopefully it gives him a bit more space to try and get the job done. But I don't think he needed any more motivation based on what I've seen. I think he genuinely sees this as his personal quest to try and keep them up. And if he does, it will be 10 times the achievement it was of getting us promoted last year, I think. I don't think any of us would doubt the fact that in terms of breaking um, breaking the mould of what happens in the Premier League and modern football, which I think we'd all love to see, but it probably never bloody happens, we'd l- love to see Forrest stay with him as what it was. Unless it's like getting panned 10-0 every game. We'd all love him to go, do you know what? There's someone in the board, <laughs> I don't know that's a contentious thing or something to talk about with Forrest as it is, but someone has gone, whatever happens here, this love for this man and the unity with how the fans have the display straight away, didn't they, about him, singing his name with the Leicester game. How many Forest managers go and lose 4-0 at Leicester and have them a name song? You know what I mean? 
that's what I am liking. Is there's a bit, I mean, there's always going to get your knobheads who are like, fuck it, he's gone and God knows what. But I think that is something I'd love to see Forrest do with it. And also, I'm going to come into you with this, Holly, because I know you've had feelings with it as well. We all remember the Premier League with Forrest before, or the top flight, wherever it was back in the day, and getting me Merlin sticker albums and God knows what. Oh, Kevin Horlock again, you know, <laughs> the classic. I bloody always get terrible. It was the... Um, Oh, Venison, Barry Venison. I always used to bloody get all the time. Um, look him up, kids. He looks like one of the BGs. Robbie Savage. Just Carl, Carl, Carl Reedy. For Carl Reedy? Carl Reedy for QPR. Oh, oh yeah. 94, 95. I think that was the most highly published sticker that year for Merlin. <laughs> so everyone's got about 12 Carl Reedys for QPR with a really nice blonde bob. Sorry. In top, no, top trumps. I always used to get David White, uh, the Man City player as well. So... Um, so there is, there's a thing. It's a vintage thing, this. If you listen to this and you're under 20, you listen to it and you're over 60, you'll probably see it differently to what I do in my 40s. But the Premier League, I've wanted it for so long and now it's here. I don't like it. And now another half will say it's because you're not doing very well and because it's this and because it's that. I still don't like the fact that I'm sat in a lovely apartment, balcony, looking out on the beach in a beautiful place like Mauritius. And I've got Owen Hargreaves and Mike Owen talking about Forest against Villa and our business. I kind of liked us. Me and my mate Fudge used to joke about us being under the radar. You know, when Billy was just getting us going, he said, look at Forrest, under the radar, under the radar. That's where you want to be. And last season was classic under the radar. Now we fart. Radar goes off. You know, it's just like, I hate it. I've got Stockholm Syndrome for our former jailers of the last 23 years. We're looking at you, jailer of League One as well. And I kind of, really weird thing happened to me, Hole, and this might make you feel a bit more unified with it. I was watching the results coming in, and we weren't even playing. I think it's when we had Villa coming up on the Monday or whatever, and I was watching the results coming in here, and we hadn't even had a loss, and I was going through, you know, and then they went to the championship, and they went, and it's, I was going, oh, that's a good result for Preston. Oh, look at that. Birmingham have kicked on. Middlesbrough are struggling, thought they'd do well this year, and they even went to League One, and I was going, go on, Wednesday, go on. Oh, how's HMS Pistol League getting on? I know them. It's like, it's my neighbourhood. So now I feel like I'm in some weird Bel Air apartment. Not know what the fuck's going on. Dan, are you coming in when I'm going to Hall? <laughs> I thought you were fiddling with someone who was going to come in. So Holly, do you feel like an imposter syndrome as well here? It's not just about the defeats, is it? It just feels like a different world. Completely different world. Completely, Very, very alien and very, very strange. And so far removed from last time we were here in the 90s. I mean... Music just was better, Holly, wasn't it? Music was much better. Oh, well, let's not get ourselves started on that one. Oh, I mean, God. Just going back, back actually, just a little bit there about Steve Cooper and um, having his name sung after losing um, 4-0 to Leicester. I mean, the last time uh, we had a manager that was uh, applauded after taking us down, um, and, and he retired, obviously, was was Clough. So, you know, and would Is we that- herald him in the same kind of levels as, as that? Well... I mean, he has performed a modern day miracle, let's face it, after 23 years. Um, but yeah, going back to your question, I mean, <sighs> it's just such a different beast, isn't it? And the gulf between the top and the bottom is absolutely huge. It's a global commodity. You're on show to billions around the world. Like my mate, he just before, before we started this season, he was in Canada and there was like billboards of like the up and coming games and stuff and actually seeing Nottingham Forest, you know, isn't like a million miles away. And it really hits home that it's, it's such a different world and it's so evil in some ways. But the thing is when you're doing really well, like the Man City, what kind of joy do they get from winning every single week? Where is the sense of victory? Okay. It's wonderful this season, watching that robot in Haaland 
It um, depends, Hol. I think. I think it depends. So it's into, if you're old school city or modern. Because when they went, I think one or two up against us, they cut to the crowd. And there was two or three people just going, "Yeah." I mean, and we're Forest as well. To them, it's small fry. Well, this is, the, this, is the, this is the thing because would you want tourist fans at Forest? Oh no, 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 no! Because they throw them in the Trent, won't they? Steve would be there with his pitchfork, and or, you know, the Clifton Massive will be out. You know, the. Uh, <laughs> my dad always calls them the Lincolnshire standbacks because I was born in Lincolnshire because my mum couldn't have me in knots. And he's like, they'd all be there. They'd be the Ruddington bunny lot, you know. But uh, no, I, no, I don't think we ever will be because I think those are specifically kind of a London and that kind of type thing, you know. And I, I think, let's let's get one final elephant out of the room and then we'll talk about the games coming up and then I'll end with a nice little quiz for you and hopefully it'll make you all smile a bit more because I've never seen such faces that look like they're about to get thrown in a pit of fire. Uh, Steve, social media. That thing that the kids do and all that. <laughs> the old sweatstone, you know, don't bother with that. So um, do you, so when Forrest got promoted, I remember I was on uh, on Sky Sports some, talking to some Huddersfield fans, like, oh, the old bloody Forrest to go up, don't they? Yeah, we were the darlings. It was like nice to see Forrest come back, wasn't it? You know, plucky old Nottingham Forest, European Cup winners. Then we got a bit big for our boots, started signing a few players and, you know, a few of us, what would you call it, Dan? It's not promotion juice. It must be called Tingle Tonic now or something different. I don't know. But And we become the scallywags and Simon Jordan's our friend and he's not our friend. And then we go and play Wolves and put a massive Scott McKenna standing in Molyneux and then one of our players fucking around with some Wolf Pops and then we get absolute piss ripped out of us because of it. I mean... I mean, what would you say to that in terms of seeing? Could you believe what you were seeing with it? It's just asking for a kick in, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I thought oh, you liked it. Well, the, the the wolf reply I just thought was yeah. brilliant. I thought that was just yeah, have some of that. I mean, playtime. What? Yeah, Christ on a bike. I mean, I don't know. Play, play then. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want to see that. I want to see that one tomorrow night. I want them to put Christ on a bike and just have like <laughs> Morgan Gibbs White. No. Just- Going through Brighton or something, that would be brilliant. Yeah, just, no. just, just, lads, I've got a head in my hands. Because when you're bottom as you are and you're playing as shit as you are, I think you either do one or two things. You either go, we are going to wind up every fucker in this league. We're going to go at everyone. Man United, shited, or something like that. We just go at every single one of them, like a barking. But then you lose your bite, don't you, Steve? If you constantly, you've got Liverpool coming up and we go something like, remember the late 70s, fuck off or something like that. We kind of, we just become like an annoying little, we become Notts County, don't we? It's, yeah, that, it just, oh, that backfired. I think the trouble with a lot of clubs these days, uh, you know, not picking on Forest specifically, but professional clubs that do have a lot of young kids in there, and they are kids in the media, and they're straight out of the broadcast journalism courses, and it's all bants and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get a lot of fanboys in there as well, uh, the sort that are switching their mobile phones and using their, you know, taking selfies with their own mobile phones and things. I've seen it done. Um, but, yeah, that backfired horrendously. And I, I just thought Wolves just played a fucking blinder. And I think when I looked down on social media, 90% of the Forest fans just found it hilarious, the reply from Wolves. And, yeah, they, they got uh, they got burnt there badly. But, yeah, brilliant. Hats off to Wolves. Especially the safe home Knotts Forest thing was wonderful. Dan, so what, you're, you're now head of media. Are you going at every club going? Are we having roast uh, seagulls before tomorrow night's game? We're having a live bird with its leg pulled off? Or do you just 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 up the ship housery to the highest levels you can? Or do you just go? Because if you don't now, you're kind of as if you've been told off by the big boys. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a difference between told off by the big boys and also being told off by your own boss. Somewhere, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, to be honest. But Cooper wasn't I pleased think... with that, I don't think. 
No. Um, so I look. I, this is almost like the Premier League thing again. This is content. This is filling up headlines. This is giving Sky Sports and Talk Sport and us and anyone else something else to talk about apart from the the dross on the field. So you you kind of give it an opinion on it. But I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, and I'm of the school of high stake, high risk of like yes. do something like that. You get slapped around, you get back in your box, you don't do it again. If it had worked, fair play. It didn't, so you own it and you go, yeah, all right, that was silly and Wolves have had a pants down. They even put the knots thing in the back. All the stuff, they knew what they were doing. But it raises two points for me. So one is, I spoke to someone as a supporters club rep, if you like, in the US at the club who's no longer at the club, um, in the preseason, and they were telling me about how the other Premier League teams do their media and the size of their media department. So I'm not talking about the people or the quality or, you know, anything else or any of the hysteria around any of this, purely just the numbers involved when you move to the Premier League. And even by championship standards, our comms and media team is tiny, even by championship standards. In the Premier League, it's ridiculous. We've got a small group of people doing what every other Premier League team has this huge office doing, right? So I think we have to be also mindful of that, which is, uh, you know, and no disrespect to anyone involved in it, purely on the numbers, you can't keep up with these other clubs, but you're expected to. And if you make a misstep, you're going to pay for it just like you do on the field. So that's one point. The other thing is, I think we've got to start, and maybe this is going to sound controversial, at some point we've got to start owning our brand. And your brand is not what you want it to be. It's not two-time European Cup winners deserving to be in the Premier League back where we belong. Your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room, right? And yeah, true. that isn't two times European Cup winners. It's, it's look at these jokers. They haven't been up there in 23 years. Three decades of abject failure, badly run in the past, Suddenly they're here and they've gone and spent 23 players. We can argue about the 23 player stuff and doing a Fulham all we like. No one's this is where we are. This is where we are. And yeah. this is what people think. The only way you prove them wrong is by staying up, playing well, and running operations on and off the field well. And at the moment, we're not winning games. We're in the bottom three. So we can joke all we like and say, well, this is what Forest are. Forest are what everyone else wants them to be when they're watching them. And it's like, you know, there's a couple of you deep into your music and involved. People always say about an album, you release an album, you can you can tell people whatever you want about what it meant to, to release it. When people listen to it, they'll make their own mind up. And there's now two billion people watching us every weekend. Yeah. And they're the ones that make an opinion on what Forest are now. And the only way you change that is a long road through being continuously how you want to be. And we're not being that on the field at the moment. So that's got to change. But the social media thing falls into that category for me you won't, You have to own what you're going to be. And at the moment, I don't think we have that identity off the field either, purely because of the absolute churn that goes on trying to convert us into something that is capable of just existing in the Premier League commercially, um, you know, operationally, financially, all of that stuff. It's not just buying players, it's fitting the whole place out to succeed. And we're, you know, we. it's a challenge on all fronts, I think. See, I was I was going to suggest when you were saying that that what Forest should keep doing is like every three games from now on they just fucking go at someone out of nowhere again, just just like they've start a bit and probably get hammered. But then while you were saying it, I thought no, because that's kind of like a pissed person at a wedding or a heckler. It's sort of someone's gone, 
Your wife's a slag. It's awful or terrible like that. And everyone goes, Wow, well, Jesus Christ, man, what are you doing? You're just pissed. And then it keeps happening. You'd be like, Well, it's just an ugly look. At the end of the night, you're that one that everyone frowns at. Now, if we don't do anything and they don't do any more of that business and they start doing it when they're winning, it kind of looks a bit worse in a weird way. I think they are in a really weird position what they do socially, social media from now on, because you either just keep it going, but then you're just a noise in an ear like a fly, aren't you? But if you just do it, I, I don't know. I, I think they've kind of, in a way, fucked themselves a little bit with that one. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, but I'll move on to Brighton and hopefully there's none of that tomorrow. Or I think they should just do a full-on apology and do some like really funny like, Oh no! Because then you sound like you're a little twat. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to do. That's why. Just I, don't. You just need to own your. You need to know who you want to be. You need to know what you want your brand and your reputation to be. And I don't think, as much as it was funny, and I actually liked it, and we got slapped back down. I don't think that's Forest. No. Even when it came out, even that's the first funny. one that came out with McKenna on the pitch, there wasn't a spelling mistake. There wasn't anything particularly bad about it. But I just looked at it and went, "Oh, that's not usually what we do. That doesn't seem right. It wasn't offending. Oh, it like." It, it just didn't seem right. And maybe, again, that comes down to direction and trying to do stuff strategically as an as a organisation and position yourself to do it rather than just trying to react and go, oh, shit, we've got to get stuff out this week. We've got so many posts to do. We've got programmes to do. We've got this. We've got that. Mistakes are going to happen and, people, you know, and things are going to slip through. And I think maybe we need to cut whoever did it a bit of slack um, and go it's back not- to what we know and what we want the club to be and, and represent that through what we put out there. I think we need paper lace. Steve's face. Steve knows exactly what we're going. <laughs> Come back. Let's do another song. Um, no, enough, enough songs for a minute. So uh, let's move on because tomorrow night is Brighton and Hove Albion away. Uh, again, from living here 16 years, the most plastic, fucking terrible club. Uh, I can't stand them. I remember we played them at home once and I think we beat them 3-0 and they were doing all right under Hewton, I think. And I was giving their fans awful stick. And all the Forest fans kept sort of looking at me like, have we got a problem with Brighton? And I'm there like, yeah, mental in the lower Bridgeford. I remember one bloke going, have they like wound us up or something? And the irony was, I looked like all of them with my glasses and my beard and my quiff. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> hipster boy. Um, are you but- not, sorry to turn the tables on you, Freebs, but are you not slightly respectful and jealous of the way that have been run though over the last I mean, 10 years? Yeah, so it's, it's more to do with this. So mate, I, I when I moved away from Skeg, went to uni in Sheffield and whatnot, and I got heritage with Wednesday and the family, I kind of knew Sheffield, but it was a bit like, how's Wednesday getting on? How's United getting on? Places I lived in London, like who's your local club? You know, always just interested in football in areas, you know, because I didn't grow up with a club in my town. I remember when I came here and I was in a cab, probably a bit pissed, unfortunately. Hey, how's Brighton going on? Oh, no one sports Brighton, mate. Fucking shit. And you struggle to find anyone who wasn't a Tottenham fan or a Chelsea fan or an Arsenal fan, which reminded me of Skeg. It just reminded me of Liverpool and United fans and all like that. So, and then, I think at the time they were at the um, they were at the with Dean. I know they'd had time in Gillingham and all this other shit. And the hardcore, absolutely hat off. Now, then when they got the Amex... I'm seeing dogs in the fucking kit. And now I know we've discussed this before us in a sense, because it's like, it's what happens in it when you get bigger. And, but I genuinely, I'm going for a down seafront for a run and there's fucking bees on freeze or whatever the fuck it is wearing a blue and white shoe. Seagulls! And I'm then sat with their fans in the 19 or whatever it is club. And some blokes going, we should be beating shit like these Forrest are nothing. This was in the championship. And I'm going, you didn't give a fuck when you were shit. So yeah, I have got a problem with them, Dan, but I'm also jealous of how good they are. I hope that answers your question. Is that all right? Yeah, okay. So, Steve, you're right, mate. Uh, Holly, tomorrow night, uh, we'll be there with those absolute fucking arseholes. And what's the score going to be, Hol? Oh, do you know what? I've struggled with this all day. I've been thinking about it. Struggle tomorrow. Oh. Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, we've got 
Liverpool and Arsenal, haven't we, after these two? <laughs> yeah. So, which is going to be damage and limitation, let's face it, isn't it? Um, Maybe. And then I've actually written it down here. After that, we've got uh, Brentford at home, Palace at home, and we've got Spurs in the cup in between. And then I believe... So it's World it's- Cup. Then it's the World Cup. I think, um, yeah, I don't think we'll win any of the World Cup. Oh, no, the World Cup games. We're not playing Iran, are <laughs> no, Just give me Brighton for the mix. I'm going to come to Liverpool straight after. Just give me yeah, a so, so basically, what, what I was trying to say is, I reckon we'll probably get a maximum, if we're lucky, of two points in all of those games. Woo. So we've really <coughs> got to get a point tomorrow night. But I, I guess they, they lost against uh, Brentford, didn't they? Um, so who knows? Um, pray, I'd take a nil-nil to be honest. Lovely. I like yeah. that. I, like, I do like, I, it's just get us to 12 points. Steve, Yeah. score tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm with Holly there. I'm going to I'm gonna go for an absolute shithousing nil-nil. Uh, and you'd and love it, wouldn't you, Steve? Yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. You will do a little dance in your pants if it's a nil-nil. And Dan, what about you? What's going to make you uh, have a jig in your uh, thong? <laughs> so I, I last went to the Amex or whatever it's called. I think it was 2012. <laughs> 2012, so 10, yeah, 10 years ago, just before Christmas it was, it was birthday, we went down to Brighton for my birthday, and we had tickets on the front row of the away section, and I I have a lot of respect for Brighton, and I think there's been some people, I, I probably agree with you in the sense that I'm not a massive fan of their fan base, but from the way they've run the club and the owner and everything else and the managers they've had, um, I've got nothing against them, apart from the fact that the fucking roof is too short to cover all the seats. So it pissed it down. And not only were we in the rain, it was where the top of the roof dripped onto the front seats and the stewards wouldn't let us stand in the aisle. So of all the things that Brighton have done well, put a fucking extra two foot on your roof because yeah. there's no need for that behaviour. Anyway, so that and that was a nil-nil. That was a shitty nil-nil in the rain, hungover. Um, I'm going to say we're going to nick a win. One-nil, Brennan Johnson. You think Brennan's going to start? I don't know if he's going to start, I, but I think of all the places I can envisage him getting back his confidence and going past a few players and doing something away at Brighton is that game because they play quite expansive. And I think against Wolves, I saw him where he was like, "I go past him, go past him. And he checked. And I was like, I think it's a confidence thing. I think he's got the ability. I think it's a confidence thing. Steve, go for it. Um, I've just had, you know, a moment there you know when you asked me earlier on Reeves said give me some confidence give me some you know good news tell has me it arrived has it arrived yeah we're gonna oh. borrow we're gonna borrow Hall City's goalposts people might not know this one Steve so it's really what happened though so yeah basically Hall City did they play Birmingham at the weekend and obviously they switched the post don't they for the rugby how I don't know how they did it they put goalposts back in that were like a foot taller than <laughs> standard or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, like, you saw them all like soaring them at half time. Right. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. But yeah, we, we could do with that when we're attacking, to be fair. So I reckon we've got a good chance of a goal. Brilliant. So, Steve, I, I thought you'd give me some ray of hope. And what you come up with was basically a uh, Laurel and Hardy script. Fucking brilliant. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> nearly there. Uh, Holly, let's swing around really quickly as well, because before we speak again, we've got a small matter of the Scouse. Uh, Liverpool at home. Score prediction, please. They've only just beaten Man City. Ugh, yeah, damage limitation. I just, oh, I don't even want to think about it. I feel so sick even contemplating it. If you um, want to beat Brighton 2-0 tomorrow, would you give me a different vibe? 
Yes, because you'd like to think that we'd build on it, but we didn't after Villa, did we? So, um, you know, we're sort of back to square one. I reckon, I'm hoping, 2-0 uh, to, uh, to Liverpool. It's not, we're not, there's no, 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 no chance whatsoever of us winning that game. I'm sorry. But I hope I'm with anything in me, I can haunt you with this recording forever. Oh, please, please, please let it be. Steve Corey, score prediction, Forest versus Liverpool. So if we go to Brighton and pick up a nil-nil, I think we lose probably 2-0. If we don't, we lose at Brighton, I think we get hit by four against Liverpool at home. If we win at Brighton? That's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, Dan, Liverpool? So logic dictates we're going to get beaten because they're good and we're not. However, I'm going to come at this from a different angle, which is at this point in the season, with everyone being so fucking miserable about it, I can't bring myself to predict misery, watch misery, and then review misery afterwards. So yeah. I've got to take, I've got to try and do something. So I'm going to take a West Ham style spawny 1 1 where Klopp goes absolute fucking batshit because of yes. some VAR decision and we absolutely scam it they get a player sent off for something that was dodgy whatever it may be and I'm going to say a one he's going to score against his old team 1-1 and it's probably not going to happen but otherwise I've got fucking nothing to look forward to in life so yeah exactly let's say 1-1 draw yeah if you predicted it and it comes as well yeah that's a really good way of looking at it it's um I've gone for a 2-1 win against Liverpool only because I I want this to happen that we get a really late VAR decision that like you say that and it's Scott McKenna and when he scores, he grows like in Super Mario and he stood like Michael Jackson in that film where he grows and he's just 17, 18 foot tall. And then someone goes, this is why we did the social media post because he can actually, I think I've been on the acid or something. I don't know what's happened, but I think we'll probably lose, but I want us to win and I'll try and predict that as well. So guys, it's it has been a pooling of misery in a way that I genuinely didn't know a way out of it. And I still don't think I do right now, but we live in hope. We've got loads of games left. Let's look at it that way. That's about all I can pull out of it. Uh, I'm going to do a little quiz to end. We will uh, be back uh, next Monday. I do believe so. We'll be reviewing after the Liverpool game. <sighs> That'd be good. I'll see how many of the guys I can get to try and join in on that one. Um, oh, you said free. Sorry. You said you didn't know how this all ends. It ends with, and I don't know when we play them. It ends with us beating wolves at home and the media department having three live baby wolves available for when Dennis puts his hat-trick in. Or... On the field. I nearly went That's how it all ends. We actually murder three wolves on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) No, he just just sits with them. He sits with them after he scored his hat-trick just in the centre circle. Yeah. And then they they say it's playtime. That's how it ends. This could get so dark. Can you imagine like Leicester start actually hunting a fox? on the pitch, like real like cosplay. And for those who heard me say the WWF would come after Forest, that just check out that is definitely doesn't mean like the British Bulldog and like Typhoon and the Legion of Doom are coming. Uh, for any of you remember the old days, that'd be incredible. Um, so that's some of your thoughts on that one, maybe another podcast here. Things you would like to see that would be the most crazy thing at the city ground other than uh, some of Marlon Harewood's shots when he first got into the team. Uh, that's a bit harsh on Marlon. He actually came quite good, but he was a bit pants at the start, wasn't he? Um, so here's time for a little bit of a quiz. It's a bit like play your cards, right? Uh, for those who don't know that, there used to be this bloke with a big chin who was way too familiar with people's shoulders. Uh, he's you know, like that. Uh, look him up. <laughs> he's dead now, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm going to give you the heights 
of various people who play for Forest. I always find height fascinating because I, especially with someone you've never seen. So I used to think, how tall was Elvis? How tall was da 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 It's like, oh, fucking hell, they're quite tall. Because sometimes you can get it wrong and they say about people on TV and God knows what. So I'm going to start with, uh, the way I've got it here is I'm going to start with Steve, then Dan, then Holly. Uh, if you get one wrong, the next person comes in. It's basically whoever gets the last one right wins. It's a really shitty game. I'm going to give you a Forest player or someone to do with Forest. And then I'm going to give you the next one. And you just say, taller or shorter that's all it is it's dead simple and then we move on there's not many of them because i just did it just before we started so starting a card for you steve curry is somebody who uh i want you to try and tell me their height in their own voice please brian clough how tall as a starting point was brian now did you ever meet brian you're on mute steve just one second sorry mate don't worry did you meet brian I did, yeah, I did. I met him twice. Was and was you were you stood near him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I walked a long, long walk with him actually. Um, and how tall are you? Uh, well, I was a lot shorter at the time, you see, because I was only about 15, 16. Um, oh, tough ones throwing. So yeah, throw your curveball there. Um, it's actually a good, quite a good story that I'll, I'll save for another pod. It's hilarious. He absolutely had my pants down. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I was going to say, Jesus Christ, Um, we'll get a lawsuit. Um, So, uh, so he he was five foot ten. Okay, no, that's your starting point. Okay, higher or lower for his number nine. For those who don't know, his son Nigel. Uh, I would say, yeah, Nigel was taller. I'd say Nigel was shorter, Steve, by one inch. Wow. Wow. Nigel's still alive. Uh, so, Dan, you're in. So, Nigel Clough at five foot nine. Higher or lower for Stuart Psycho Pierce? Or taller? Yeah. Yeah. Five foot ten. So, you're still in the game. Um, so, higher than lower than Stuart Pierce for Des Walker. At me still, right? Yeah, still you. You're still holding the cards. You could win the Oh, end. right. Okay. Um, Taller. How much taller do you think? It's two inches. It'll be the most boring podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's right, Des Walker, you're on a roll. Uh, Stan Collymore. So Des Walker was six foot then. Is that where we are? Is my maths good? That's right. I'm going to say Stan Collymore was taller. Three inches taller. Yeah. So next one, Pierre Van Hoydonk. Ooh. Taller. By one inch, six foot four. You see the trajectory I'm going here. Ryan Yates. So you're genuinely asking me whether Ryan Yates is taller than six foot four? I, I it <laughs> seems I am. Okay. It's, I it's might not have brought this that. one out. He's only an inch shorter. He's six foot three. All right. Wow. Scott McKenna, usually not in graphics. Shorter. <laughs> By one inch, six foot two. Now, this is where it kind of falls to bits. Steve Stone, <laughs> uh, six foot two, higher or lower? My face is hurting, so I'm going to say taller so Holly can get the, get the oh, difficult ones that come in. No. Uh, anyone how tall Steve Stone was, Steve? Uh, five eight. Yeah, five eight in his, uh, in his little sockies there. Uh, so Steve Stone at five foot eight. Um, Holly, Kev Campbell. Taller. Shorter, five foot two. Oh, I'm joking. I just Jesus, Jesus, fuck. I wouldn't oh. have been surprised if he was taught shorter, but 
Uh, yeah, so Kev Campbell's six foot tall. Um, oh, wow. Steve Cooper. Still on you, Holly. Oh, it's shorter. Five foot eight and a half. I've messed these up. I was going to put them with ones that were more like each other, near each other. I'm so sorry. Let's just keep going with it. Anyway, how tall were people? Because now it gets ridiculous. Oh, no, I'll swap these around. Steve Cooper. Next one is Brian Roy. Taller or shorter Ooh. than Steve Cooper? I know it's a good question when Steve Corey does that mouth. It's like a, ooh, yeah. Is Brian Roy a big boy or a little boy? I always sense he was down. quite small, so I'm going to go smaller. Now, it's deceptive because he was next to Collymore all the time, I think. That's why he's five foot ten. So Brian Roy is actually taller than Steve Cooper. Um, let's keep on this one for the minute. So it's over to you, Steve. You've got Brian Roy at five foot ten. Next one is John. Robertson. Oh, uh, higher. John Robertson was taller. Shorter. Five nine. No. Oh. Back to you, Dan, to wrap it up. So, well, yeah, I know you won't sleep tonight. We may have this. John Robertson, five foot nine. Uh, Dan, John McGovern. Oh, he's shorter. No, he's taller. He's five foot ten. I mean, oh shit! I've stood next to him. <laughs> I'll tell you. I was going to try one this, but I didn't know what we all were. Uh, so John McGovern, <laughs> five foot ten. Holly, Roy Keane. Is he really five foot ten? I've got a picture with him, and I'm sure I'm taller than him. And I'm only five seven. Anyway, sorry, Take John McGovern. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I put that one up. Maybe he's five foot. Seven. It doesn't matter. Oh, uh, yeah. So let's say John McGovern's. <laughs> a very yeah, small. Like, yeah. yeah, I am now. I've only got a few more left. Uh, John McGovern, Roy Keane. Um. Taller. Roy Keane is taller. Yeah, well, he's five foot ten. Apparently, everyone's five foot ten in this game. Uh, Roy Keane or Billy Davis? <laughs> Boys and dwarf. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Lawsuits <laughs> everywhere. Steve and the club family. Jesus. Just bleep that one out. Uh, I know, I'm leaving it. Shorter. Yeah, Billy was five foot six. Was the Still innocent? Alive. The innocent will not be harmed. The innocent will not see over the fence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to step it up now for the last three. Here we go. So uh, you're going to laugh at this one: Billy Davis or Peter Shilton? <laughs> That's a show in itself. Hey, no, there's no problem here with what I'm seeing. And then Shilton, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, Shilton taller, taller. Six taller. foot. Yeah. So Peter, he's only six foot. So Peter Shilton or Dean Henderson? Um, Henderson taller. Six foot two. Yeah, so Schilt's actually not that tall for a modern goalkeeper, really. And the final one, uh, I'll throw it to you, Dan, just to wrap it up, because I think you're going to win anyway. Who's taller, Dean Henderson or Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> but that, yeah, that's a good question, because does he really exist? <laughs> of course he does. And how tall was he? He was seven foot. Hey, of course he does. He's in the England squad. Yeah. Well, that's true. Seven foot four, Harry was. Uh, Harry and Henderson. Thank you for the or, probably the worst game I've ever done. Uh, I think it was better <laughs> when I started asking people about the Kardashians and stuff and things like that. Uh, guys, it's been an absolute. Well, it hasn't been a pleasure. It's been fucking terrible. I wish we were talking about like three, <laughs> slotting three past Everton. Again. Just, just remember, we're a place higher this year than we were last year at this time. Oh yeah, say this one, Dan, because I forgot what you were saying. This is a good one. We were twenty first last year after ten games. We're twentieth this year, so mm. on the up. 
Shit. And was it the stat about Brighton had won three out of 25 or something last season in the wild stay-ups? Yeah. Just, but even the stats don't make me feel good, mate, because I'm what I'm seeing on the pitch. But anyway, I was I was happy with Harry and the Andersons, and now I'm going to have to do a sad ending. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Steve. Corey, it's been lovely to see you, mate. I'm sorry. It's under such, I feel like we've met at a funeral. I mean, last time we met at some, like, crazy bar mitzvah, it was all going off. Um, but, yeah, I hope, I hope next time I see you, mate, you've got a few more answers for us and things are a little bit better, like it's your fault. Um, yes, all them bloody signings you signed, Steve. Um, Holly, I will see you tomorrow. And Dan, thanks again, mate. And, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. And for everyone listening, yeah, keep the faith as much as you can. We're struggling, but, uh, you know, it's just football, isn't it? You Reds. See you later. <laughs>